Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Attracting tech talent is one of the biggest pain points of many executives right now. And today I speak with Jason Wo Yarn, who is the founder and CEO of Third Era. Third Era is a ServiceNow consulting business, and they've grown from zero to over 600 employees, 600 talented, technically savvy uh, consulting employees in just a year. They've integrated five businesses. They've recruited more people than they acquired. It's been an extraordinary story. And today, Jason shares us some of his experiences from the CEO learning curve. So enjoy this fascinating conversation with Jason Woyan. Hi, Jason, and welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to this. You've built a 600-person business operating in 11 countries in just one year. So, And that was in the middle of a pandemic and everything else that we know about. Uh, and... I'm really, really excited to listen to this, this conversation, have this conversation around you know, how you did that and, and what have you learned in, the, in, you know, in that very probably a tumultuous year, right? Pivotal year in your own career as you became CEO and founder of this business um, of the DERA. So perhaps before we get to that, do you want to just kind of give us a bit of introduction? Like how did you get to the point where you decided to launch the DERA and, and just what is the business? How does it operate? Yeah, so, um, you know, we are a, a ServiceNow-focused consultancy uh, at Third Era. Our job is to help clients and help, um, you know, consumers or users of ServiceNow uh, get the most value out of their implementations, their configurations, uh, and help them manage those services in an ongoing fashion. It's a really interesting place to be because at the end of the day, what we do with the platform is we help enterprises transform to digital ways of working. Uh, we use that in the context of workflow, uh, automation, and, and uh, really help them not only internally uh, in their IT departments or, or, or other, you know, kind of uh, sub-departments in their business, you know, modernize the way they work within the context of, of digital communication, digital workflow, digital automation. Um, but we also get to work with their businesses, uh, their end consumers, et cetera. Uh, in that context as well. So, you know, as, as, as I like to say, we're, we're a cloud focused consultancy. We're focused on uh, enabling the best value or most value for a product called ServiceNow. And, mm -hmm. uh, and everything we do revolves around helping customers optimize the way they work, helping businesses optimize they work, the way they work in a digital context. Fantastic. So um, what led you to found the business to, to found the business and, and become a CEO? Like, what was the story? How did you, how did you get to that? Right. Because it's a big thing you've taken on here. Yeah, I would love to say one one day I woke up and said, you know, I'm going to be a CEO when I grow up. I, I never did that. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was actually, uh, in music in, in, in sports with, in high school and then on to college. And, um, you know, I actually took my first job in technology, uh, really thinking I was going to try to save some money and go back and maybe get a graduate degree or something like that. But, uh, ended up, uh, really humble beginnings in tech, starting in a call center, uh, you know, doing technical support calls over the phone, and then eventually, uh, you know, grew that into um, into helping and and customers from a technology perspective, and then into management and into leadership. And I've really just uh, really found you know something that I've always found terribly interesting in technology, which is it's always changing. It's never the same twice, right? And um, and you know, getting a chance to see, I I, I started my career uh, at IBM actually. And, uh, you know, getting a chance to kind of see it done well uh, at scale, you know, you couldn't help but kind of get into the weeds a little bit and, mm-hmm. um, and try to try to, uh, you know, understand what was next and why it was next and, and, uh, and certainly trying to address some of the limitations in, in the support industry and things of that nature, and which of course led me to consulting and, um, and, and then to eventually to the ServiceNow ecosystem, which has been, uh, for me, been really a uh, fascinating place to be. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, I think as we were saying earlier, I, I feel like I get to solve these little puzzles every day um, mm-hmm. where customers are trying to establish value uh, or, or trying to improve their businesses. And, uh, and they rely on us to help them achieve that, which is, which is a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. So you got into the ecosystem and then what was, what was that pivotal moment when you said, you know, I can build something here? Well, you know, we've, we've, uh, the, the market is, is very, um, is a very segmented, but it's also very fast growing. Uh, cloud, you know, was was a really difficult thing for people to adopt. But um, but as you as you start to get into those uh, you know into those details about you know, what's next in your technology, you know how how are you using it to enable value for you? You know those types of things. You know what I observed in the early days of my career it was all about the technology. It was all about making sure that the technology functioned functioned correctly. It was all about you know, do you have do you have the right technology enabled in this segment? Are you using it in the right way? So it was all kind of focused on that. What I love about the cloud in particular is it's really abstracted that. You don't have to worry about the infrastructure. You don't have to worry about, you know, the underlying uh, code or the data center or those types of things. You just get to focus on the results of technology mm. and uh, and enabling better ways of working. And, you know, if, if, if you if you find a satisfying life and helping people improve or reach your higher, higher states of maturity, those types of things, you can't help but understand that with technology, you have a tremendous opportunity to do just that. So, Yeah, but, but not everybody who wants to be a consultant ends up building a 600-person business in 12 months or, or thereabouts. So what, what was the story there? You know, you went big, right? Very fast. And we're growing, pretty fascinating. Yeah, we're growing very quickly. Um, the story of Third Era itself is, is you know, it's, it's interesting. The growth is an outcome of, mm. of a lot of things that we've put into it. Uh, the growth is just an outcome of, of, you know, making sure that we are addressing, you know, from a business perspective, we're addressing supply issues, skill shortages, you know, things of those natures. But, um, but most importantly, you know, why, why are we growing so fast? How are we growing so fast? Well, I think you know, for, for us, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite simple. Um, we are trying to attract value for our clients. We are trying to help them achieve, you know, value states in, in an area and a segment of technology that's rapidly changing. 
um, you know, that, that resonates with clients. Um, you know, we didn't set out necessarily, certainly we've always set out to build a successful company uh, over the last year. Um, but I think the way we've scaled so quickly is really that our, our purpose, our, our vision, um, our, our mission, uh, and our values all have come together in a bit of a force multiplying effect. It's allowed us to uh, really attract resources from our ecosystem to come join the party, so to speak. It's uh, we've had businesses that have agreed to kind of align their their mission, vision, purpose to ours. Uh, I think we we've provided a good catalyst for uh, for change in the ecosystem, and I think that uh, at the end of the day, uh, people like to work in, with like minded people that mm. share a like minded objective. And so, uh, and that's what is what it? Achieved here. Sorry for interrupting, but what is it that that makes it that attractive? Because I can imagine there's lots of consulting companies, various sizes, who work in this ecosystem. So, and I'm sure they're all trying to deliver value for their clients. So, yep. what is it do you think that's allowed you to bring these things together um, in such a way? Why are you so yeah, attractive? I- you know, I think, I think in our space, there's tons of options. And when you have, when you have a lot of different options as an individual or as a client or, or even different options from businesses and and approaches, you know, you you do tend to see data. You do tend to see individuals start to collect together in certain Mm -hmm. ways. And I think what we've provided is a very fertile ground uh, for individuals to come in and, and, and not be overburdened by process or, you know, corporate ways of working or politicking and say, you know, we're here to enable client value. We're here to build a company we all want to work for. Um, you know, those are our first principles and, and, and our lowest common denominators. And if that resonates with you, then great, come along for this ride and let's go enable this value. If that doesn't resonate for you, well, then you've got tons of options and, you know, you can always go someplace else and do that. And, uh, you know, I, I do think in these, these segments of technology where there's a lot of optionality for the individuals that are working there, you know, if, if you can, if you can help, you know, keep your company contextual, if you can help, um, you know, kind of make sure you're reinforcing the right work mm-hmm. patterns on a day in day out basis, then, then you really have something that, that people will collect uh, together to achieve. And, and I think that's what we've done here. Yeah, I love it. I, I kind of have this idea of the lighthouse effect, I'm calling it, you know, it, it's this idea of, you got this fragmented world in fragmented industry with lots of options for talent and everyone in tech industry knows right now you know finding tech talent in all sorts of areas is incredibly difficult and everyone is a pain point for almost every leader I talk to um and yet as you said if you can create a bit of a center of gravity a bit of a I don't know a brand right uh, something which actually people go oh you know that actually is an opportunity where I get to do my stuff in a good way have fun with other good people um improve my skills, everything else, then it probably becomes a bit more differentiated than just another anonymous player in that space, right? So I think that idea of building a critical mass is kind of what I'm hearing within that, which actually creates a virtuous cycle, right? People actually go, you know what, I know this is a great place to work. They've got a good reach because of their brand. They're probably getting good clients or interesting names or whatever it is. And so it kind of is a self-perpetuating Um business as a cycle yeah you know I, I i agree with everything you just said i would you know i think that at the end of the day we we are a services business we provide services for our clients technology services we're very focused however right we don't provide broad reaching services there's mm. there's what we do and there's there's everything else so we are 
we are really focused on on helping a product called ServiceNow, a cloud platform, uh, be rationalized and adopted, and uh, and and using that cloud platform to help customers get more value out of their day in day out. Yeah. In IT, in information technology, you know that, that's always been a bit of a subordinate state in a company, right? Like, I think that's that's not something that necessarily. You know, most most companies think think thought they were majoring in ten years ago, or fifteen years ago, or even twenty years ago. Um, and now we're we're at this moment where every company is a digital company in some way, shape, or form. Pandemic has obviously uh, accelerated that even further. It's not it's not diminished the need for this. It's it's only elevated the need for this. Um, and then at the, the at the end of all of it, you know, we all want to be around like minded individuals. We all. Uh, want to be around people that are, you know, in, in, in our context, maybe fun or reasonable, uh, are reliable, you know, we want to have the ability to trust each other. Uh, and those are all things that I think our company has done quite well in our first year. Mm. Um, I like to tell our company, uh, the third era, I like to say, hey, we're just off to really a strong start. Um, right. you know, let's, let's just get, stay, stay on the labor of just doing, going. um, yeah. and, and, you know, why, why we've amassed a, a large group of people across, you know, a big segment of the globe. Um, there's so much opportunity out there. You know, there's so many business out, businesses out there. They're really just struggling with how do I manage the way I work and how do I work with my providers and my customers mm-hmm. in a, in a meaningful way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a tr- tremendously awesome place to be uh, is, is to be part of supporting uh, customers, you know, address those issues or improve the way they work or, or deliver a better business result. Yeah. So, so Jason, what's, what's the biggest surprise as you launched this business uh, and became CEO and founder and CEO, because, you know, you did five acquisitions, I believe in the first year, right? Yep. You, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that happened, you know, you did all this recruiting, you had to, Create a culture. You, you know, do all this stuff. What was surprising? Like, what what took you? What blindsided you? What was what was what were you not expecting in all of that? I think I think at the end of the day, we knew we were going to be successful. Uh, I've been working in the ServiceNow ecosystem now for uh, the better part of thirteen years. I mean, we built a small company that was a company called Navigus. It was acquired by a bigger company. Got to work for that one called Cloud Sherpas. Uh, the, the, the cloud sherp is eventually acquired by Accenture. So I, I got to see, you know, what we did at a very small scale and a very emergent scale very early in the ecosystem, and then got to be a part of building something that was, you know, very supersized and in a, in a much more mature uh, ecosystem. We, we knew we could be successful. We knew the market, um, you know, needed a new type or a new breed of partner out there. Um, but more importantly, and, and it's in our name, Third Era, the reason the reason uh, we named the company we did, I registered that domain name a few years ago, was this notion that we, we there are these inflection points in, in technology where things just completely change foundationally. And in the ServiceNow ecosystem, you know, I'd been a part of the emergence of the, the ecosystem, the first era, then the second era, which was the expansion and the scaling of the ecosystem. And I kept coming back to we're leaving value on the table for our clients. And in, in every approach I've seen, both small and large, there is, there is, there's value being left on the table. And, you know, as I looked at the maturity of technology, I looked at the maturity of, of service now in this ecosystem, I said, you know, that, that is something we can go off and address. We can, we can help customers accrete more value. We can help them achieve, right. you know, more value. We can ensure that they don't leave value on the table in the context of service now. 
But it was clear to me that we had to be very, very focused to do that, right? We had to have very, very focused um, intentions and we needed to be very practical about what we were helping customers do. So, you know, it was sort of obvious that we needed to build this company because I, I really felt that at the end of the day, you know, looking at our clients and looking at the opportunities for them, there just wasn't anybody really helping them get all the way there. And so our intention here is to help them get all the way there. Right. Got it. So tell me about the surprises, though. You said you knew you were going to be successful. You had that vision for the third era of, you know, of the ServiceNow uh, ecosystem uh, and delivering value. Uh, so you kind of launched into the project. So, but what, what, what took you by surprise? Yeah, well, I would say it's been a pleasant surprise for me so far. And I'm not just spinning that to be positive. Uh, we've grown this company much faster than we had expected to. Um, you know, nobody sat down a year ago or, or a year and a half ago when we were starting to have conversations about, um, you know, what this might become in time and say, you know, when the first 10 months of the company, we're going to acquire five companies, we're going to hire more people that, across the globe than we acquired in those five companies. And somehow that's all going to stitch together in a, in, a, in a company that's fun to work for, uh, that is kind of punchy in the way it approaches its brand and culture and purpose and those types of things, um, but is ultimately going to be delivering very positive CSAT and very, very positive customer value. Um, I would have, I would have probably seen that on a piece of paper and, and, and kind of questioned whether or not that that was real um, and whether or not that was practical. Um, but on the other hand, so- Jason, you, you made it happen, right? So I get it. You- it sounds crazy when you say it like that, but it happened and, and you had to make it happen. So, so what was, there must be, what was the surprise? Was it the fact that opportunities came along, were presented to you to, you know, I mean, you obviously had to go and acquire a company at some point, right. To make it happen. Or you had to go and recruit a whole bunch, you know, 300 people. So um, how did that happen? Like where was, you know, you started off and you weren't planning to do that. What was it? Was it just people coming to you saying, "Would you like to buy this company?" You know, was, no, was it no, serendipity? No. Was how how did that work? You know, we we saw an opportunity for consolidation um, in mm. the segment of te- te- technology we live in in the ServiceNow ecosystem. You have the largest partners, um, which are more GSIs, and you know they tend to be they tend to be companies that are focused on many different you know technologies, many different softwares, those types of things. And then you had the very regionalized, very you know subscale partners that are really excellent at what they do, but they don't tend to be as, as holistic or comprehensive. They don't have quite the investment of the, of the large tier partners. And so what we recognized is that, you know, on the ServiceNow ecosystem had great support on either ends of the, it's a spectrum, the, the largest of the large and the more regionalized or smallest of small. But what they didn't have is somebody that was global in reach that could uh, leverage the modalities of work that a globally you know, based company could. That, uh, that, that had the focus on just service now and making sure the customers got the most out of it. So we weren't blending our focus with other products or, or issues. We could be very pure with our customers to say, you know, we, we look at the world of the service now context and we help you automate, we help you workflow, you know, kind of out from there. And so it was, it was clear there's nothing in the middle of that. Right, and right. so it was, it was very easy for us to say, okay, well, we're going to go be the middle. Um, we of course recruited some funding and, and, you know, why you mentioned I was a founder, I, I look at it, there was, there was, there was really kind of three main founders of the company. We came together, we collected, we saw the opportunity. Uh, we had had experience over time, all three of us in, in creating value in the service now ecosystem. And we said, okay, well, we can do this again, but we mm. can do this in a way that's foundationally different. We see this inflection point in the ecosystem, in the market. 
um, we see all these these drivers of technology and, and these growth patterns. We can bring that all together into something that's much more contextual for clients. It's much more focused for clients um, in an establishment of their value. So, you know, why, why and, and that has resonated in the mm. ecosystem. That has mm. resonated with um, people that are, are in our space and they understand you know, the, the, the value levers for clients and how to help them achieve more value. And, and, and so to some degree, you can't stop it, right? You can't stop uh, individuals that are saying, you know, I want to help um, and be a great consultant and I want to drive uh, technology and technology enablement and digital transformation. And if you can provide a fertile ground where people can apply their skills and talents to help contribute to that, then I think that is something that can kind of galvanize and help you accelerate and collect, collect mm-hmm. um, you know, not only skills and, and resources and talent, but, yeah. you know, customers as well along the way. And so all of those things kind of have come together in this, in this wonderful recipe or, or wonderful stew. And, um, you know, it was the right time. We had the right people. Uh, we had, we, we took the time thoughtfully to put together the right resources we needed to achieve this. And, you know, kind of when we got to the starting line, it became something where we found we were able to run very fast as a result of all those things. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really, um, it's really fascinating. What, what would be your top tips for new CEOs, right? If somebody else, you know, is setting up their company, you know, how would you, what would you advise them? What should they seize? What opportunities or what traps should they avoid? What would you say to them? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you, you need to be confident about your space. You need, to have, you need to have done the reps, for lack of a better way to say it. So you have context, you have experience. Um, then when you see that moment, when you see that inflection or you have that idea, you know, take those extra steps. Um, for me, it's a lot less about strategy. We're in a great segment in a, in a, in a very fast growing ecosystem wow. in an area of technology that is, that is emergent. So what, what other strategy do you need? Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that, that's, that's perfect. So hold on to that. Stay with that. Um, focus on execution, focus on delivery, focus on, focus on your first principles. And, and, you know, we, we're not growing this company um, necessarily to just, you know, as a vanity metric, Right. Uh, mm. You know, this is this is something that we're really principled about and really grounded in, you know, our, our best efforts, uh, our best work, if, if it doesn't achieve value for clients is is work, work not worth doing. Um, and so we really try to kind of stay as, as pure and focused on that as we can. And, and again, I think that's something that's resonated with individuals come here and do your best work. You know, let's get the encumbrances out of the way so that you can and help customers achieve their best value. Um, in the way that they work every day. And, and, and you know, it's, again, the rest of it is execution. It's, it's getting right out of the strategy layer and just waking up every day and helping to move that forward each and every day. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Really, um, it's a really great point, right? When there's a curve to ride, <laughs> ride it and then just focus on the making sure it's tight, right? That it's working as a, as a machine, a well-oiled <laughs> machine, Um I say there's a time you can overthink the strategy when you find a curve that's that's open. And that's what, in my opinion, you know, in my opinion, and I don't want to get too preachy here, but that's what everyone gets wrong. You know, everyone sits down and and talks about strategy and admires their strategy, and let's talk about the strategy and look at how great the strategy works, and you know, look, look at my strategy, and it's. I, I don't, I don't really subscribe to that. I mean, for mm. me, it's I, I, you know, sometimes. 
Uh, and most often people would define a chief executive officer or CEO as being, you know, visionary and being, and being that person that's, that's got the strategy, but not necessarily uh, as engaged in the, in the mobilization of it and the delivery of it. And my view is it's all about mobilization and delivery. Um, you know, once you pick where you're going to apply your, your skills or your talents as an individual or as a business leader or those mm-hmm. types of things, then get out of your own way and just get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing that I mm-hmm. see is that, you know, it's, it's yeah. customers and even employees, they want someone that's going to be very consistent, consistent. They want to yeah. work with companies that are very consistent. They, you know, there's no need to, to bring complexities. You know, you, you actually have to fight uh, to, to keep that as, as simple, as pure as possible. And again, I think we've done that extraordinarily well. Our team at Third Era is, is principled in that way. And they, they wake up every day and they apply themselves, you know, you know, to that, to those principles and those purposes. It's Richard here with a quick interlude. As part of my coaching and advisory work, I often work with leaders who have recently taken on the CEO role. It's a big leap from the comfort zone of functional leadership or business unit management. And it opens up a whole new set of stakeholders, pressures, decisions, and responsibilities. I found that there are three key things that will make a huge difference in those first quarters. Number one, balancing the operational and the strategic, what I call CEO focus. Number two, establishing credibility, what I call CEO presence. And number three, managing stakeholders, those CEO conversations. I've written a short email series that goes into more detail on the transition to CEO and how you can practically sharpen your CEO focus, solidify your CEO presence and master your CEO conversations. It's insightful and it's entirely free of charge and you can register for it by going to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash curve. Now, back to the conversation. So let's move on, Jason, and we'll hit you with some of my quickfire questions. Uh, okay. uh, um, I always think these are you know, interesting just to kind of see what, what, uh, what concepts or background underpins your leadership. So what's the favorite quote that, that perhaps guides your leadership? Boy, the, anybody that... that has spent any time with me is going to hear me say this. And I think they know what my favorite quote is. Um, the, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion uh, that has taken place. I've probably not gotten that exactly right, but you get the point. Mm. It's George Bernard Shaw, who was an Irish playwright. But uh, I really think that that's, that is an interesting thing. If you think about the way our brains are wired, right? Um, the, you, you can sense or, or, or unconsciously you can perceive 11 million things any given second. Your, your brain, however, is, is wired such that it filters so much of that out to, you know, the 40 things that it think is the most important at that given second. And, and, and you know, if you, if you realize that everyone is dealing with the filter, you know, we might be, uh, might be dealing with the filter of where you're sitting or, or right. whom you're speaking to or, or, or what have you, uh, or, or the bad day you started or the great day you started, whatever it is, mm. Um, mm. you know, making sure that you deliver messages as, as simply and as straightforward as possible becomes so important because everybody walks away from a conversation uh, with a slightly different aperture or a slightly different perspective of what occurred. Uh, and it is same with this podcast as people yeah. listen to this, some, some, everyone's going to walk away with a different perspective of, of, of what we said and what we accomplished or, 
or, or what we discussed. And, and uh, you know, the, the art of communication is making sure you stay very contextual, that you right. stay aware of the fact that, that not only do individuals receive things in different ways, they process things in different ways, and they will take different things out of that as a result. Um, you're, you're an awful long way to being able to be an effective communicator if you can understand that. Perfect. What's the favorite app on your phone? Something that, you know, that perhaps is a bit unusual that you tend to do. <laughs> you know, I, I've been geeking out over HRV data lately. So, uh, so I, I'm really into this app. I'm going to have to look at it on my phone to make sure I get the name right. But uh, uh, Training Today, uh, which uh, pairs with the Apple Watch, and uh, it allows you to you know, look at your heart rate variability data. Um, and so I, I like, I like to be fit. I like to work out. Mm. I think it's a good stress relief, but it also is, is, is just good for your body to feel good. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, obviously working out gives you that great feeling. So, um, I've been really geeking out over heart rate variability lately. And that app has been interesting to watch over time as a result. So, okay, perfect. What about a book? What's a book that's really influenced you? Oh gosh, it's been a lot. Um, uh, you know, I would say that, uh, most recently, however, uh, I just finished Frank Slootman's book, Amp It Up. Um, he may not be somebody that a lot of people have heard of, uh, but he's actually, he's actually quite a, quite an excellent CEO. Uh, he was the CEO at Data Domain, uh, led that company through IPO and eventually an acquisition. He was the CEO at ServiceNow. Uh, I got the chance to work with him and really kind of see his, his, the way he addressed things. Uh, he's now the CEO of Snowflake. Um, and just published his second book. Um, and, and I think his book is a really uh, excellent uh, read. I think anybody who is doing anything in leadership or management and technology should read his book. You'll see him very focused on uh, just getting things done. And, uh, mm. and, and, uh, and there's an awful lot of value in, in the book he's put together. So the book is called Amp It Up. Amp It Up. Okay, I'll check it out. Thank you. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self, Jason? Um. You know, 25 years in technology is going to go a lot faster than you thought it was. <laughs> and uh, I would have definitely, I would have definitely taken bigger risks earlier. I think uh, I was very conservative in kind of the first third of my career. Um, and, and I, and, you know, I, I didn't really understand that, you know, I could turn the way I was thinking. I could turn the things that I was seeing into, into a company and a business. Um, however, it is good to get you, you get get a stage in your career where you, where you have the ability to learn. I probably stayed at IBM a little longer than I should have. I should have had been more ambitional uh, at that at that stage. Um, it took me a little bit to to kind of learn or see that opportunity. Um, so my twenty year old self, I would tell him to hurry up, get ambitional, uh, and get out there and, and get it done. So, yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for being honest about that. I, I must admit, I think I was probably at Cisco a little bit too long as well. Um, it's easy to get comfortable sometimes. Yeah. And uh, now I'm in my new lease of life. I'm actually loving it. You know, it's uh, the things I get to do now, you know, are amazing. And, uh, and yeah, it's easy to get onto a plateau without, without realizing it sometimes, I think. Well, and I, I know in our discussion early on, uh, before we were uh, live here, you mentioned you worked at Cisco and you're very successful. I worked at IBM. I was very successful in those contexts. Um, and so you can easily kind of narrow your universe to say, I'm being successful here. Mm-hmm. You know, why rock the boat? Why, why go, you know, uh, address this other segment or go yeah. scratch that itch or go, you know, t- uh, you know, take a risk in this space. You know, there's, there's no point in doing it and being successful here. And, and that's, that's limiting. You know, you might be very successful there, but that's, that's ultimately not going to allow you to achieve your best. 
Um, so, you know, so, so feel free to air it out, feel free to be ambitional. I mean, uh, for both of us, you could probably make a strong case to say, had we, had we been more ambitious or, or more, uh, aware of, of kind of what success really looked like earlier, you, you would have achieved it even sooner. So, mm. you know, I think, uh, why, why I wouldn't say take big, you know, uncalculated, uh, risks, I would say mm. take big calculated risks and, yeah. uh, and then trust yeah. yourself in the process. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason, so many, of our, many of our best guests on the show come from referrals. I'm always interested to know, is there somebody you know who's an impactful CEO who inspires you um, that might be a great guest in the future? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say if you could get Frank Slootman, not to make this too much about Frank Slootman, but if you could get him, you'd really have something. He's, in my opinion, he's somebody that is, uh, he's, he's so practical that I think that, and, and not very showy man. Uh, you would probably hate that I said that. But uh, he, he doesn't necessarily get the attention he deserves. But you look at those individuals that over time have been so consistent and over time have been so successful. And, uh, and you look at him and I, I, would, I would say he's one of the top CEOs uh, in technology, period. Uh, so he's, he's somebody that I would say you should try to get on your show. And mm. uh, if you can, kind of thing. Kind of thing. He's, he's, a, he's a really uh, excellent operator and excellent tactician and a very thoughtful, thoughtful person. Perfect. Well, I'll look him up. Thank you. Um, finally, no matter how much we've achieved, there's always a next level to get to. So what's the next level for Third Arrow? You know, where do you want to go from here as a business? Uh, we're going to continue to grow globally. Um, you know, I think for us, it's about only helping uh, customers get more reach within technology mm-hmm. and, and really design a better way of working in their enterprises. Um, you know, so for us, it's just doing more of that. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's expanding, you know, that and making sure that we're staying kind of focused on those first principles. As, as I look at the emergence of technology, I think that we're going to find in a three to five year period, more and more um, enterprises are going to rely on common platforms and technology to help them, you know, really modernize the way mm. their businesses run and operate. So for us, it's about really pushing the boundaries of, of helping customers achieve that. It's understanding where their common pain points are and, and you know, where, their, where their common opportunities are and helping to provide you know, a framework or a company that can help customers achieve that. You know, eventually, you know, I could see uh, you know, in this, kind of, this, this service now case, this platform narrative being a bit of a control tower, or, uh, I think a reference you had used earlier is a lighthouse um, you know, to, to help be a bit of a beacon in the way companies should operate. So for us, we're, we're going to continue to be doing that. We're going to continue to scale mm-hmm. in that space. Um, I believe that the cloud platforms and in particular ServiceNow is, is going to be something that's really future ready and right. uh, is something that's always evolving. And so as a result of that, we will just continue evolving our company in that context. And here's the question. Here's the, the stretch question. Um, here's the question. Um, self-reflection here what are you going to need to do differently jason yourself to multiply your own impact normally we find a little formula that works for us and that creates what we create and it's it's working well but often to get to that next level you need to shift some things up what's going to be your personal stretch uh, as you continue to build the business yeah so it, it's it's something i remind myself a lot of today is that is that you know let's let's take our company in the first uh 12 months we just just celebrated our one-year anniversary uh, in the first 12 months, we brought five companies together. We brought common systems, common processes, kind of tools, common software. We built an entire new, new business platform. We built an entire new brand. We launched that brand. 
we brought people together and aligned and galvanized on that mission and got into the real labor of helping our customers. And you could say, well, that worked and we should just keep doing more of that. Um, but the reality is, is what we have to look at what we've built with a critical eye and say, okay, where do we need to creatively destruct something we just constructed that we're quite proud of? And, uh, you know, for us, it's that constant, constant state of reinvention. Uh, that's the thing that, that I spend a lot of time thinking about is we, we created this company very quickly. There are some things that we're going to need to, you know, uh, may, maybe address in a different way. Uh, because we were we were we were building the company so quickly, and so maybe there's some things we we've built that again we're very proud of and you know see as an accomplishment. But tomorrow we should say, yep, you know, that's that's not going to take us to our our fullest mm. intention or our our fullest capability uh, or or deliver our clients' fullest value. So it's okay. this notion that uh, we need to be in an ever evolving state. Uh, we need to be continually improving, uh, which means that we can't be too proud. Of, uh, of the company we've built to, to help, mm. you know, restructure it or re-engineer it or, or adjust it to be more valuable for clients and, and delivering values for them. Yeah, I love it. De creative dis destruction and uh, reinvention. I think it's, it's a great thing for some company that's so young still to be able to think that way, I think is, is fantastic. Jason, if people want to find out more about you or about Thedera, where should they go? Yeah, well, Third Era is really easy, thirdera.com, T-H-I-R-D-E-R-A. Uh, you'll find everything you need to know about, about our company there. Um, of course, we've got a YouTube channel and an Instagram and all those things as well. So, uh, you know, we like to have a little fun with some of those things. But uh, for me, myself, I'm uh, LinkedIn is probably the best business way of contacting mm -hmm. me and uh, something I'm very active on. But uh, those would be the two best places to go uh, for, for, for contact information. Perfect. Well, hey, Jason, it's been a pleasure. I've loved this story of how you've built this business with such a customer uh, value focused and so fast, right, in just a year, building it out um, globally. And, um, you know, I love as well the this idea of seeing an opportunity in the market to bring consolidation, create this bit of a beacon, uh, and the way that that's worked for you, right, and seeing people come come in wanting to be part of something that's going to go, got some scale and, and got some substance behind it so thank you for kind of sharing this uh, really fascinating journey and i look forward to uh, seeing how it evolves thank you richard i appreciate it it was a pleasure thanks take care now bye-bye i hope you enjoyed this conversation now let's talk about you when you're in top leadership when you're in the biggest role of your career who supports you at a deep level as you lead others who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level. If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.